you're listening to Going Places. I'm your host, Kara Orbell. I initially started this podcast to learn more about the ins and outs of travel. Eventually, I discovered there's so much more to a person than where they go. My goal is to learn more from people who are going places. I've interviewed community leaders, entrepreneurs, veterans, authors, and experts who tell fascinating stories and give amazing advice. Thanks for tuning in, and I can't wait to see where you go. everyone. You're listening to Going Places. I'm your host, Kara Orbell. And today I have a very special group of guys on my show. I'm interviewing the band Citrus Sunday. They are a band of five guys located in Iowa City, Iowa. Um, this is Travis Siegel, Cameron Valdivia, <laughs> Mitchell Wisniewski, Ethan Adato, and Ben Yusin. I got everyone. Did I pronounce your names right? You were the closest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You got my name right. That was great. Okay, why don't you guys just go down the line introducing yourselves and tell us what you play and okay, Travis can go first. What you guys play and what how's your day going? Just let's start from there. Uh hello everyone. I'm Travis Siegel. I'm the lead singer of Citrus Sunday. I'm from Northbrook, Illinois, which is about 30 minutes north of the Chicago Loop. Excited to be on Kara's wonderful show. What do you play? Hey. Oh. <laughs> lead singer. I just do lead vocals. Cool. Hey, again. <laughs> uh, I'm Cameron Valdivia. Uh, I play lead guitar um, from the Wilmette area in uh, Illinois. Yeah, today's going pretty good. Got some. Got some new music here that I'm excited to test out. What do you play? Oh, yeah. I play lead guitar. Oh, yeah, you said that. Okay, continue. Go next. Uh, my name is Mitch Wisniewski. I play bass in the bands, and um, I'm from Sioux City, Iowa, originally. And my day is going well. I was on a different podcast for work, and I've never been on a podcast before, so... It's been quite the day starting off my podcast career. <laughs> so you should be a pro by now, right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You'll be on Joe Rogan before you know it. Hopefully. Uh, I'm Ethan. I play rhythm guitar. I'm from Des Moines. And my day is going great. I've been excited for this all day. So I'm happy to be here. And last but maybe least, <laughs> um, I'm no. Ben. I'm the drummer. Definitely. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm from Skokie, Illinois, um, and my day's going pretty well. I just got out of class at like six, so it's been a long day, but yeah. I'm very happy to be here. Awesome. Well, I'm glad I'm your first podcast for some of you, except for Mitchell, but that's okay because <laughs> we're going to have a great time here. So I want to start from the very beginning because you guys have a really unique name and you started in a really cool place. You started freshman year straight into high school or straight into college. So can you guys start by just talking about your journey of becoming a band and where Citrus Sunday came from? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I like to say I started Citrus Sunday. I, I think so. Um, 
I, I taught myself guitar in, in high school and I had a, a band, but we really just had some fun. We, we weren't serious about it. And I got into college and I wanted to get better at guitar because it wasn't very good. Still not, but we're getting there. Um, and I wanted to get better. So I just hit up a bunch of my friends, see if um, anyone wanted to just play some music together. Um, more like a jam session than a band. Um, and uh, all these guys were in my fraternity that we're all, we're all in um, off Epsilon Pi. And then um, we had a bunch of guys from there come. And after a couple of weeks, it cut down to four of us, Mitch, Cam, Ben, and I. And then all of a sudden we needed a singer. So then we hit up Travis. And then before you know it, we're, we're playing some music. And then soon after that, well, I wouldn't say soon, a few months after that, um, we decided to play one show just for fun, see how it is. Um, and then everything kind of launched from there. And after that, we got a lot of feedback from people asking for more and we wanted to play more. So that's kind of how it all started. That's awesome. So what's yeah. the name? <laughs> um, I mean, the name's Citrus Sunday. Uh, yeah, I, I can take over for the name. Yeah, that's, because, that's yeah. Mitch. Not, not to toot my own horn, but <laughs> I, I think I came up with it at this point. But um, You did, in, you did. In terms of the, the name, so at the time when we had just started out, we always practiced on Sundays, and I believe only Sundays for a while. And also at the time, we were consuming a very, very large amount of Sprite uh, every Sunday too, like a very unhealthy amount of Sprite. <laughs> like at least like Sunday. two liters. Yeah, it yeah. Was bad. it's really bad. So just kind of naturally at the time, I think we were spitballing a lot of different ideas. And then I think just literally the coincidence of practicing on Sundays and drinking the citrus drink kind of just led to trying those together. And it, it has stuck over time. And uh, but there's really no like deeper meaning to it. If I hope that's not a big secret we're <laughs> revealing about the band. <laughs> You know, the, the truth, the truth is citrus Sunday. It's like, it's quick. It's easy to say, you know, like everyone loves it. You're intrigued by it. It almost like, it's like, Ooh, what's the name citrus itself. Sunday? It almost like has like a, a feeling behind it. Like I want to go see citrus Sunday. It's quick to say, it's easy to say, it's quick to get out. It's got great alliteration. That's why yeah, I've always really, really loved it. Ever since Mitch created it, I've always been very on board. And a lot of bands, they like to change their names, not us. No changing. Yeah, no, no changing no, no. at all. No changing. And like, it's to me, it's really just like about playing music with these four. Um, and for the record, it was like really late at night. Our first rehearsals on Sundays. <laughs> oh, it was like 10 God. p.m. to midnight. Like that is when we rehearsed for God knows what reason. Um, and it's it's just playing music and having a good time. Love it. That's great. And I think I can see all of your little different personalities coming together and merging and kind of creating this band. So I'm super excited to dive in. I'm also from the Chicagoland area. So I can't wait to talk about that because I know we have an awesome concert scene and I hope you guys can talk about that too. However, I want to dive in a little bit more to your band and how you guys started playing live. So how did it go from like, oh, we're just jamming together to let's play a show, like let's do this? Um, so we formed, pro I think, January of 2018, and we didn't play a show until December. 
So it was a really long time. We spent we spent a lot of time working on stuff that did not sound good before we started to like gradually find <laughs> our sound. Um, and I, run it I, again I, eight more times yeah, yeah like like we had this the weird, one song that we had written one song that we had written called called sunrise and we played it probably like 20 times a night um, and it still has never heard it was like day. it was like an eight ten minute song <laughs> well, the, we, we opened our our first show like like as you said we rehearsed for like nine months, probably pretty consistently too. We were meeting like, I know we only started on Sundays, but we started meeting like three times a week. Wow. So we created yeah. a set list, mostly covers, a couple of our own originals. Um, mm-hmm. But we started the show with this song called Sunrise. And to be honest, like some of it might've been kind of cool, but for the most part, the song was terrible. People <laughs> loved it. People, yeah. people loved it because ooh, live music. But it, we, we had this pinnacle moment for citrus sunday i'm gonna let ethan will you talk about that moment for us which started the whole thing off please man you got to be the one to share it too because it is iconic and the podcast listeners of uh yeah it's definitely iconic i think it might be one of the lowest points of my entire life but uh, <laughs> no no the, no it's a learning experience you as a the, performer. the first song sunrise this is our first show we we're playing with the band who I think some of us are friends with some of the members we're playing. Um, and uh, the first song was Sunrise. And I started out opening the song with like a rhythm part. And mm-hmm. uh, at the very beginning of the song, uh, my string slipped and um, which would have taken quite a bit of time to replace. And being incredibly nervous about this being <laughs> our first show and, and, and being the first person to play, I may have panicked uh and then ended up grabbing a guitar from the other band just like through my someone grabbed my guitar i don't know i could have thrown it across the room i don't even remember and then picked up someone else's guitar and then wait uh, let him say it you gotta tell them what you said we we started again well yeah yeah yeah, i may have screamed that my guitar was broken which wasn't a lie (laughs) but um yeah so (laughs) i i snagged a guitar from the other band and uh opened with that and ever since then, I've already hit rock bottom. So every live show has been better. So it's been a great experience. Well, and keep in mind that this show was, it, it was a house show. One of our friends in the other band, one of the other bands that was playing, he lived there and we like helped him set up stage lights in the basement and stuff. So we were like up against the wall and it, it was packed like sardines from like a, less than a foot in front of us all the way to the back. So it, it was a wild time there was no there's no clear division between the stage in quotes and the crowd oh don't you guys miss those days though oh yeah yeah. oh yeah there's nothing like a good house show nothing Mm. like a good house show and I, i think it was the energy and like the fear that like we really all had we were about to play for the first time in, in, in our eight months of existence, which is a long time to be together publicly. And I remember I was like, my heart was pounding. And I, I am very used to perform. It had nothing to do. I was very comfortable performing in front of people. It was, oh my God, we are about to like expose ourselves like this. Cause you know, music, you share like a, a piece of yourself mm-hmm. and we're about to do it in front of 
the other two bands were telling us how crazy it was that so many people were there for our live show. I mean, it was packed. And, you know, we were opening for these two much better bands at the time than us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Adato sure had his iconic moment, but it kind of like made or break that night for us. And we went out and we played that set as well as we could. And it kind of like catapulted us and gave us a bunch of confidence yeah the audience you know what we recovered we recovered from that tenfold (laughs) tenfold the audience resonated really really well with like how hard we went at the rest of the set after that little fiasco in the beginning like they they were so into it and so into us that after we got off the stage and the next band in the lineup was setting up like half of the crowd in the basement walked out of the house. I, sw- I, I, that's wow. so true. I, I literally, I, I, I was walking around the basement. I felt like a celebrity. Like people were like, that was amazing. You guys were great. Like I was like, let me go get a beer, please. <laughs> but I, I, I want to give credit to Mitch here too. Cause I, I won't lie. The three, me and Yusin and Cam and that, we all were looking at each other. And I think Mitch looked at Yusin and said, just go. Like, the show must go on. It's very true. We just kind of uh, nodded at each other and just kept Yeah, the three yeah. of us. Well, there we was the... looked at each other. It was like that, like, deer in the headlights look of like, <laughs> oh, shit. Well, and there was the uh, the wine bottle that broke, too. That always... <laughs> yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, yeah. I, had a, I had a wine bottle set up on top of my amplifier. <laughs> okay. And I didn't think anything of it because, like, you know, you go to you go to performances and you see artists like set wine bottles and like drinks on top of their amps, but it was so like loud in the basement that like everything was just like reflecting back and the vibrations were ten times more. Uh So I took two sips of this wine bottle, put it down before the show (laughs) started, and not even thirty seconds after Adato's uh, guitar string broke. It fell off. <laughs> I forgot it that was the it, same. It I forgot. It shattered. Yeah. And it shattered all over my bass drum, which at the time didn't have a, a resonant head on the front. So it was just open. So it shattered, <laughs> spilling wine and glass like all it. over the inside of my bass drum. We we needed that moment though. We needed yeah. all of that to happen. I yeah, think we, we would have played terribly if that yeah. did not happen. Yeah, we we always like How to could say, it have gotten worse. We always <laughs> like to say worse. that in typical Citrus Sunday fashion, if anything can go wrong, it will. I love that. Honestly, that is so true to anything and pretty much everything we have tried to do whether it's moving in for another show or trying to set up a rehearsal or try, like there have just been, I mean, hundreds, if not thousands of different things that we have experienced that no other living human being should have to try to experience. Yeah, as we go on with this, it's definitely the theme of uh, Such a Sunday. Mitch, okay. do you want to talk about the Chicago show? Oh, uh, we... We don't need to go into that now, yeah, but yet. just in terms of the <laughs> issues we've had. We'll circle back. Yeah, any yeah, sort we'll, of tra- we'll get there. We'll get there. transportation always goes wrong. Uh, uh, we can talk about the studio yeah. when we were about to go to yeah, get groceries, yeah. boys. Yeah. yeah. With my, it's horrible. Um, All right. Cool. 
All right. Well, you guys had a lot of fun points, sure. but I can't wait. I'm going to keep that note in the back of my head for the Chicago story. But I wanted to talk about a point that you guys brought up. What is the energy like playing in front of an audience? Like, how does the audience energy change you? Because as a concert goer, I love the energy like that. That's what hypes me up. I've been to like probably 40 concerts when I was in high school. So this is like, this is my realm. Like really dive into how this energy affects you as a, as a band. So, so Kara, I'll, I'll start this off by saying that it is a rush unlike anything else. There's not a substance or activity on earth. There is not that match <laughs> that matches the way that it feels to, to really put on a show for people to perform and make people feel something, whether that is dancing or, or joy or laughter or, or, or drawing somebody to, to, to tears from, from so being such an emotional experience. I performed all in high school. I acted and I did all that. And I, it was, it, it, it was, it's a, it's an addiction. And it was something that, you know, when circling back to the four of them were together before they even asked me, they knew that I, I was a performer. I was comfortable in front of people. I had a choir background, you know, whatever. This might be somebody good to put forward. Um, it's a, it, it is a rush. And it is like, <laughs> once it's done, it's kind of like, oh my God, like what just happened? And I, I, I personally know I am addicted to that. I've always said my whole life that I'm going to perform my whole life. I'm going to, whether it's on a stage in front of lights, in front of people, or if it's, I'm in the bathroom and it's just my mirror and my bottle of soap as my microphone. But I, it, there's really no way to describe it without, without actually doing it. And it's, every performer will tell you it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, to go off I, that, oh, sorry, go ahead, Travis, or Cam, sorry. Uh, you know, I, I wholeheartedly agree with everything that Travis said, like, especially when he said that, like, you know, it's an experience that is, like, at the end of the day, what it is, and, like, what our job is as live musicians is we provide the experience for the audience, and a lot of that comes from, like, just the experience that we have on stage with each other, like, every single time that we're Absolutely. up on stage we are having a fucking blast like there Seriously. i know i know that there's at least personally and for like everyone else like there is no place that we would rather be than playing our music together on stage in front of people and oh, like yeah. travis said like bringing people to those emotional like levels of like crying sometimes like we've had people cry at our shows ella shulroff cried every time every i always saw her in the you audience just named her every time we played this cover called rivers and roads every time we oh, played it it would just yeah. bring her to tears it's a great yeah, song very, very by the head and the heart yeah yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. i've seen them awesome. live i cried at their show <laughs> i don't know if we can i don't know if we can hit yeah. their level but we try yeah. but <laughs> to go off oh, sorry can we finish uh just one more thing but like it's a uh, like that push-pull relationship between the artist and the audience is like there's nothing like travis said there's nothing like it like i've never experienced anything that comes remotely close. Wow. Like, and my yeah. favorite thing by far is that like, as an experience as a whole, it, 
like mainly exists in that moment and then afterwards it's gone and then you kind of just left to think about it the in-between moments yeah oh yeah and no. you know building off that like for me we get out we get all our gear set like get all tuned up and we start playing it goes by in like five minutes we'll play like an hour set and we start the first song and then i'm like what like what happened <laughs> Like, where did it all go? I'm too busy looking at everyone else smiling in the band as we're playing and looking out at the crowd who are smiling right back or yelling or singing along or whatever. And before you know it, it's like, you know, the good times, they just fly by. Before you know it, we're done. And I'm like, damn, I want to do it again. Yeah. It's a weird limbo of, yeah. of time when you're on stage. Like, everything slows down together, but as a whole, everything goes by so fast. Yeah. And, you know, like both as a musician and as a drummer, um, it's it's a form of it, performing like this is a form of shamanism. It's uh, like I've, I've studied religions and I've written papers on it. Um, it's engaging in and guiding the audience in this physical, spiritual journey. Um, and there's the physicality of, of performing, especially rock music is just this whole other level. Um, like I, I did percussion ensemble in high school and that's very physically involved, but nothing as, as demanding as, as rock music. And so there's this special bond of between the five of us that we are guiding this kind of journey, but also this bond with the audience that we're taking them on this journey. Wow. I love that. I, I'm a yoga teacher myself. And so everything you said, like the transition points and leading people on their own journey really resonates with me like that. That is powerful stuff, you guys. I, I do want to say this, though, Karen, I, I've told this to the guys many times. And I, I heard it from Heather Headley. She's a Tony Award winning actress. She was uh, oh my God, she was in the show Aida on Broadway like 20 odd years ago. Amazing. Came to our school and visited when we were doing Aida. And she said, whether it is playing to a crowd of 40,000 or four, you play the same. So crowd size actually plays no factor. And in the sh show we have coming up on March 4th, it's going to be a live stream, right? And they're building us a stage in a room that's actually not going to have an audience, but does that mean that we're going to play any differently? No, of course not, because the camera's going to be on us, and we know people will be watching. And honestly, we don't play for other people. We play for ourselves, for the enjoyment that we have, and then hope to heaven's high that uh, people like it. Otherwise, we don't get paid. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, it all comes down to the money. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's hilarious. Not at all. <laughs> That's so cool, though. I'm glad you guys are finding a way. And I love. I would love to talk about COVID too. We have to bring up the new album too, so we got a lot to talk about. However, I think it's so cool that you guys are adapting and playing virtually because, like, you guys are really adapting and being a band. I don't know of many bands who are like playing and getting their audiences out, especially smaller ones. Not I'm not calling you guys small, but like we're small. You know no, we're, yeah, small. We are. we're small. We are. Because if we're small, that means there's only room to grow. Yeah, I love well, that. But um, yeah, speaking of the live stream show, you know, might go into that really quickly. I actually, like an hour before this podcast, I 
got out of a meeting with the student activities board who's financing and running the event, the event planning services that actually is going to put the production on. They're hiring a professional camera crew to come and videotape it. There's going to be AV guys, lighting guys. I mean, we're talking about not only like there are bands here that are playing live shows at bars and it's, it is what it is and they're going to do what they want to do. And honestly, that's so much worse for COVID and, and, and the spread of COVID, which has been obviously uh horrendous not only for our personal lives but this country and the world and everything about it mitch is a public health major so he can tell you all about it but um he's a smart he's a smart he's a smart boy he knows but it's kind of like we went through and cam and i we went and met with these with these guys and really planned out logistics and went through all the things that they need to build the dimensions for the stage the lighting everything cost all of it um, but not for a live show, but for a live streaming show. And people will tell you that, you know, that, that, that's the, for the foreseeable future, the future of music. And those who can get on top of the way that things are going will be on top when things are. So yeah, you guys are adaptable. Very exciting. That's amazing. That is super cool. Well, let's dive into this album. But before we do, let's talk about how you were able to grow from a garage band into being able to play live shows. Really, how did you learn how to do that and get I know you guys have a sponsor, like, talk about how you developed as a band in that way. Well, we, we definitely started out by playing. Well, I mean, we started out just jamming there was no goal. And in fact, like, for most of the time before we played a live show, we weren't planning on it. We we were just having fun and that's all it was about. And like the reason this even started was because I just wanted to have other people to play with and learn from. Um, and so we played our, our first show, um, which went pretty well, all things considered. Um, and then after that, we were like, holy holy cow, we need to do that again. <laughs> so then then we're like, all right, well, let's get down to business here and take this a little more seriously. Let's rehearse more often. Like, let's 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 go. Why not? Um, yeah. And from there, like, uh, as I said earlier, I have self-taught myself how to play guitar. I never learned scales or chords or any formal music. And so Cam, who's our lead guitarist, um, and everyone especially, but especially Cam have helped me to grow personally. I think everyone else, like we all bet, like learn from each other. Um, and then when it came to getting sponsorship, I actually had a contact from uh, Blue Ox, which is maybe the largest alcohol manufacturers or distributors in the state of Iowa. Um, and I had a contact there and I reached out to him and um, he was like, you know what? Yeah, like let's get some t-shirts out. We'll put our brand out there you guys will give you guys some money and you know, whatever. And great deal. Boom. So then before I know it, I'm trying to form an LLC and do all this legal paperwork that I have no idea how to do. Um, and somehow I filled it out correctly. And then, then we have a sponsor and then we have an EP that's coming out and then we're playing live shows. And it's kind of a blur to be honest with you. All I remember is we practice three times a week and drink a lot of Sprite. (laughs) Basically, up until now, I'd been doing all of the show bookings and stuff. Like, Travis, this this live stream show, that's pretty much his baby. But, like, I was coordinating with other bands and emailing venues, you know. Uh, after that first show, I booked some shows uh, for 
2019 at some bars in Iowa City, some house shows. And then, um, Mitch, if you want to talk about in May of 2019, we booked a house show in uh, Lincoln Park in Chicago. Ah, I get to hear the Chicago story. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So the Chicago story was very traumatic at the time. It really wasn't. (laughs) It, it It was a lot of fun, but essentially... I believe it was late summer, mm-hmm. I think. No, um, it was it, early summer. It was, oh, yeah. no, it was June it was May. or May. Yeah, because essentially for this show. Labor Day weekend, I think. Yeah, because yeah. kind of leading into Cameron was working at a camp in central Iowa. And uh, I was in Iowa City and I believe everybody else was either, I think, you, Sin, you and Travis were in Chicago. Adato, you got there very early somehow. I'm unsure. I think through. I, I drove back to Iowa to get my drum set and Adato. Yeah. So yeah. basically, the setup was everybody was in Chicago except Cameron and I. And we oh. had a very, very careful schedule to follow on like me getting <laughs> out of work and then Cameron having the day off and uh, essentially. We had to get to Chicago and then, and I had to pick Cameron up. And yeah, uh, so Mitch had to drive like three hours, four hours <laughs> from Sioux City to Iowa. That, yeah. Or I was in Iowa City, then I yeah. went to pick you up, yeah. and then we went back to Iowa City, then stayed the night and woke up, I think, at like four in the morning to <laughs> go to Chicago. Because we wanted to be there by like the mid morning to start getting set up and just and get so we situated. could get breakfast. Yeah, and oh, essentially oh, like breakfast. very in very very surprising Citrus Sunday fashion. Like Cameron and I both got up, we got on the road. We were it was very movie like. Yeah, driving. it had never had never driven in uh, in Illinois or like the Chicago area. But don't forget, yeah. don't, don't forget the tornadoes. Oh yeah. So like the first day uh, of the journey when Mitch drives from Iowa City to Boone to pick me up from camp and we drive back to Iowa City. Um we're filling up at a gas station in town in Boone by the camp and we're looking out east towards the direction of Iowa City and there are just these big, like huge gray storm clouds and a big wall, like yeah. wall of rain. And we get in, and like we're looking it up as we're filling like the car with gas and like there was tornadoes touching down everywhere. And <laughs> yeah. We barely like missed the storm. Oh my yeah. god! So like we had all of that. Then there was the morning we had to like get up and get to Chicago. Cameron was driving, and I think we had gotten across to Illinois. And it's about it's a little around two and a half hours i can't really speak to that that's right no that's right like a three and a half hour drive it takes an hour to get from iowa city to the illinois border wow yeah and uh but then so we were on the road and we were just cruising along and i know nothing about cars like literally i know how to turn them on and drive them but then cameron was like something doesn't sound good i think we have a flat tire yeah and in my I'm sitting in the let me like explain what I felt. So I'm sitting in the driver's seat, like both hands on the steering wheel. And like normally when you drive on the interstate, like the roads are pretty bumpy. So like the car is kind of shaking, but it was shaking a lot more than it would if it was just the road. And 
I had experienced a blowout before, like the previous summer on a road trip going from camp to Iowa City. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I knew what was probably going to happen. So I leaned over to Mitch and I told him, so we might have a flat tire. So I'm going to pull over and we're going to check. <laughs> yeah, and it was indeed flat. And all of our equipment was in the trunk. And to get to the spare tire, we had, to, and this was at what, like, this was probably like seven in the morning, like yep. maybe. Yeah. And like, we, uh, so we unloaded everything. We're just like on the side of the road and somehow this, the tire. yeah, I was just kind of being the assistant, just standing there. And then, um, some very helpful Illinois DOT person came and helped us get, or helped us get the spare on. And like in Citrus Sunday fashion, we were like conveniently close to a mechanic that just opened and like we went in and it was a, the whole like situation was very surreal. Like, cause we got a flat tire, but we dealt with it with like within an hour and then like we were back on the road. So we were a bit frazzled getting to Chicago and playing the show. And it was just a weekend of too much driving overall. But and you then we were it. terrified on yeah. the drive back. Yeah, and yeah. it was terrifying. And we we're just kind of as a band plagued with flat tires because <laughs> even going, uh, we were shopping for the studio a few weeks ago and Travis, before they left, had another flat tire. <laughs> I mean, we one minute onto the road and I go, oh, my God, something doesn't feel right. We pull over. (laughs) Unbelievable. In only Citrus Sunday fashion would this happen. So then they had to walk home and they had to get their car and get the groceries. And I had to go to war with the AAA people. But that's not important. (laughs) Did not take me one hour. We're talking an overnight experience. But which was kind of a crisis, which was kind of a crisis, too, because we needed all three of our cars to get all of our equipment and all of our groceries to the, the studio. Next day. The and next all of day. our luggage. <laughs> our luggage, like, holy. Oh. Okay, well, in Citrus no. Sunday fashion, tell me about your new album because I know you guys have a wild experience with recording it. You recorded it in a barn, which Travis told me, but tell me about it. It's coming out in March. It's called First Light. So just go free i mean i think in order to do justice to the experience we have to first uh give our respects to um our our um technician our our sound technician dana um he so the studios uh flat black studios it's in lone tree iowa it's just this little barn the owner basically gutted the entire thing and renovated it so it's it's a very like cozy homey kind of place it's very feng shui um and dana is one of the other sound technicians that works there and he's just incredible he's a machine he, he's amazing he worked I mean, on our ep he worked on our ep so mm-hmm. he knew us we emailed back out to him we requested him and i mean kara this guy showed up at nine o'clock every morning and worked with us till 5 p.m. every day. The, fi- the five of us. I mean, he heard us 
the arguing. five most irresponsible people you will ever meet. Yeah, and he he maintained complete professionalism, and he was so patient with us. The only one here who didn't need to do multiple takes is one take Cameron, but um, <laughs> hey. we can get more to that later. That's me. But, but Ben, but Ben, do you want to put a little more color into the kind of the weeks? prior to the, yeah. to the studio yeah. where yeah. we went in sure. songwriting and that so Mitch. so um we basically cordoned off winter break of this year for like the album um a year we, ago we did it yeah pretty much a year ago yeah um because last year over winter break we spent a couple days practicing and then we did the ep in like two or three days and it's four songs so then over the summer, we were all in Iowa City pretty much the whole summer, uh, just practicing, jamming, doing a little bit of songwriting. Um, winter break comes around um, this year, and we all are in Iowa City. Cam and I live in a house together, so we put all of our gear in the basement, and we basically spent somewhere between five to seven hours a day just in the basement practicing, writing, at each other's throats, you know. Yeah, arguing, <laughs> arguing, 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 never before. A lot of a lot of the arguments were just like us not being able to explain concepts to each other. Like Cam said, we are the five most incapable people you will meet, and when you bring us together, it takes forever for us to agree on anything. And that is Citrus Sunday. Yeah, yeah. but all credits. All but of the we music will is just we our will frustration manifest. But we will move mountains. We will move mountains yeah. trying to accomplish. We will go to get from A to B. We will go to A to Z to Y to W to R to get to B. I mean, we if we have to take the long route, we will take the long route, no matter and, how grueling. And because of our schedules and COVID, we basically didn't see each other for the semester leading up to it. Yeah. Um, and it, it was just, it was not good. So like we basically spent three weeks doing three to five months amount of work. Yeah. I want to add yeah. something to that though. Cause I think Travis, we were talking about it a few weeks ago or before recording the album is like, we kind of have had different stages as a band in terms of like our comfort level playing and like just like skill wise. And I mean, there's like the period of time, like that first eight months we were playing together, just getting comfortable as musicians together. And then this past summer, um, we were rehearsing at my house pretty frequently because it was just the summer and just COVID times and not having much to do. And no one else was like living with him at the time. Yeah, so we just had um, just a nice a practice space. There. Yeah, too too <laughs> much time and- uh, We basically lived there. And like <laughs> with, with that time over the summer, I feel like we had a major evolution in how professional we sounded in the sense where instead of having one eight minute song that we were playing nine or 10 times and just kind of not uh, goofing around, but the most fun way, like instead we had a set list of, I mean, 15 plus songs with everything we've learned over time and that we can just call out songs and call out sections of songs. And um, so we had that crazy evolution. And then 
we couldn't really see each other during the semester with everything happening. But then winter break was kind of weird because we all had all of that time apart from each other. And then for that three weeks, like we were putting songs together within like an hour or two. And then just everything else was just arguing about the smallest, <laughs> the smallest possible details. Yeah, if I can, if I can build off Mitch there, I, I, you ask us about what COVID did to us as a band. And we're going to tell you all these things that went really, really wrong for us. But I got to say, Kara, sitting here right now, without COVID, Sunday is not what it is today. And I'll tell you, that summer before COVID hit, we were planning a tour. We were going to go tour and it was going to be great. And we were practicing three times a week and we were red hot, red hot, red hot. But I'll tell you this, we were close to burning out. We were, we were right there. Our, our last performance was great, but I'm telling you, Kara, a couple months away from one another and the way that I have seen these four grow and develop as musicians themselves and, and myself as a vocalist, the things that I've been able to, to accomplish and bring to the table really, really, really would not have happened without that forced space. We were forced to be apart, and in the long run, that was good for our mutual relationship, so that when we came back to the band and came back to the rehearsal room, it was, look what I can do now, look what I can give, and that only inspired more and more and more. Travis, I'm telling I, you. I, I, think, I think the term you're looking for is, um, look at me now. <laughs> yeah, no, look at me you. now. Seriously, look at look at where I was, and now look at me now, Kara. That's a it's a song on the EP, and also is featured on our album. I won't divulge too much about it because you'll hear it <laughs> Very yourself. Very hush hush. But uh, we have a song. Yeah, we have a song that we wrote. It's called "Look at Me Now," and it's really just all about like, look what we've done. Cool. Look what we've done. Nobody thought we could do this. Not even we thought we could do this. <clears throat> but yes, yeah. uh, let's let's talk about let's talk about recording. Uh, anybody? So, I do have like a little bit more to say about yeah, like, no, 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 yeah, go on, yeah, so, and like sure. rehearsing. Yeah. Um. So because Yusin Ben, everyone calls him Yusin. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because Yusin <laughs> and I uh, live in the same house. Um. Like we were the only two people that could actually like see each other in the band. On a, on a regular basis yeah. and when we moved into our house over the summer like just before um COVID hit pretty hard again and like we all had different schedules and couldn't see each other um I had like brought up my drum set from back home just to like just to have just to mess around with and ultimately it ended up being like a really good thing to have the drum set in the house because it allowed Yusin and I, while we couldn't see the other three, it allowed us to get tighter together. And then that would translate to when we all got back together. Yeah, so like when we all got back together, Yusin and I were the only two people that had played, like really played. Wow. Since the summer. Crazy. And like there were just a lot of moments um, during those three weeks. Of, of rehearsal before the studio where Cam and I were just, I don't know, like some sort of psychic link there where we just were on the same page. 
and just knew exactly what to do. And that, once these guys got back up to speed, that really, really translated in the studio. Like there were moments where we just knew to do stuff. We hadn't talked about it beforehand. We were planning something entirely different and we just did what we did instead. And it, it sounded great to us. It sounded fantastic. And uh, going back on what Mitch was talking about of like putting songs together in like one or two hours or like a day or two. Um, like we had uh, like a small back catalog of songs that had um, like chords written out and lyrics written out, but like the rest was just completely blank. And we had for a very long time planned on always like finishing those songs, but never got around to it until we all got back together and we like, cause we all decided like we wanted those songs to be included on the album. And yeah. so we all just put the effort in and like, like Travis said, like spending that amount of time away um, from each other allowed us as individuals to develop more um, like skill and feel for music as a whole. And when we all got back together, it, everything just fell in place. I'll tell you this, Gareth, and from a more pragmatic point of view, it wasn't, oh, these are songs that we want to have. These were songs that we need, needed to have. You know, this for us, we graduate at the end of May and then off to who knows where and God knows what. And I, I told the guys and I've been saying it for over a year and I continue to tell them this, that. With this album, I am so comfortable leaving and going to do whatever it is we need to do professionally or academically and still come back to this in a heartbeat. And when we were in those coming weeks to the barn, like it was very like dramatic. <laughs> it was like, we are going to record to the album now. Everything Making needs to sure be perfect. Everything yeah. needs to be perfect. And it, it really did. It really did because there was no room to mess around. From nine to five, we worked every day, four or five days, and probably took like 25 minute lunch breaks. And then yeah. I was like, everybody get back to it. <laughs> yeah. I felt like the time manager of all of it. And it was very nerve wracking, but it was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, who wants to start us off? like the dad of the group. Sometimes I am. Sometimes Mitch is I'm Mitch is definitely yeah. the dad of the group. Yeah, I feel like I so. Mitch, is said, Mitch is like Switzerland. He always remains neutral in arguments. He's <laughs> 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 yeah. like, ah, go talk to your mother. Unless, unless, I, it's, yeah. unless it's COVID related, then he yes. has his foot down. Yeah, Mitch is is yeah. He he's neutral until he has to be. I'd call myself more like the soccer mom. Yeah, he's a soccer mom. He's a soccer mom. Soccer mom? Yeah, you are. You are a soccer I'm mom. I'm the soccer mom. It's official. It's, a, it's official. It's on a podcast. It's it's true now. <laughs> it's in it's in the the inner sphere forever. I can't believe it's been said, getting deleted. 
The words have been spoken, Travis. It's now in the world. Okay. Let, I would it, let it be known I don't condone this title <laughs> as soccer mom. But if it's what it must be, then I will embrace it. Yeah, okay. I don't think the world cares what you condone, Travis. Well, I, I would like uh, to I would like to say, Travis, and not to affirm any gender roles, but how many fathers proudly declare themselves the time manager of lunch <laughs> compared to soccer moms? <laughs> You know, Mitch, I think you'd actually got you be there. pretty surprised. He's yeah, that's true, there. that's true. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. So I'm the soccer mom of Citrus Sunday. I'm the, what, I'm the, what? I'm just the pretty face that drives all the kids to practice. Boom. Drives them cake after. Nailed yeah, it. Where's, yeah, where's Lululemon? Where's Lululemon? <laughs> hey, 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 Lululemon, they have some great shorts. I got great yoga. Uh, I'm, I'm very You're proving I'm I'm the soccer mom. All right, maybe we should maybe we should actually yeah, talk we should about talk about yeah. the circling back. Let's talk well, about the barn. <laughs> the barn is a place of magic and mystery. Um, I you walk in there and there's just guitars and amps and a gong at the back of the room and oh, like some nice plants. It's like a whole new world, really. Um, and then like. You know, we put on our headsets, get all set together, and we just do like a rough take of a song. Um, and when we get a good take that we're like, yeah, we can work with this and make some edits off of this. We go up into Dana's booth. I mean, it's like it's like going to a, like the Grand Bazaar, this this beautiful place of where the best speakers are laid out. And he's got all this tech set up in front of him. Yeah. Got yeah, computer, of it. He's got all and, these knobs, um, all these like yeah and then he he plays the song back to us over these speakers and you're you're just blown away because it's like i've never heard anything of such high quality in my life like does you can every play anything mistake. through these speakers and it sounds beautiful so you hear every awful awful horrible little mistake but you also hear everything in its glory and it is um and then once you're past that moment of like, holy cow, like this is, this sounds really great. Then you realize that there's about 30 things that need to be fixed and you're not going to be happy until every single one is fixed. So then it starts this long process of, of redubbing and overdubbing and adding yeah. little tiny things in and making those little fixes to get it perfect. Adato, let's, let's, let's take her day by day use. And do you want to talk about yeah. Friday? Yeah. So the, yeah, the first, yeah. so we were there for Friday's five days. And so the first day, like a, like Adato said, we're just doing all of the base trackings for everything. Um, and so what that means basically is these other four guys can sound like shit. I have to be perfect because the drums are what everything else gets layered over. So so for them, it's more of a, a practice run, I guess, before um, I'm, if, if they want to go back and redub stuff. But for me, like, I have to be as fast as possible getting all of this stuff out of the way so they can go back and layer things on and redub. Um, so that first day was just us playing songs and me being like, we have to do this again. We have to do this again. We have to do this again. Oh, it sounds good. Let's move on. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's so, That's yeah. what the first day is. So that, yeah, that, that was Friday and they, we all did it. We were all in the live room, this room that Adada was talking about. Let me just really quickly paint you a picture of what this looked like. So you got the live room, you go out a door, 
you got a long hallway. At the end of the long hallway is the uh, a vocal booth. It's like a tiny little room. That's where I did most of my vocal overdubs. You got a staircase up to a bathroom, a singular bathroom with barely any running hot water <laughs> and a sink, which had the only running water in the entire barn. So you want to fill up water, you go to the sink. You want to put, you want to boil some pasta. You go, you go to the you bathroom. Fill, you go to the bathroom and you fill it up. I mean, I mean we lived like, Band rats, like really. <laughs> you got the bathroom, you go up the stairs again, and in front of you, right in front of you, is a kitchen. It's not a great kitchen, but it's a kitchen. It's got a broken stove. Fine, you can't cook pizzas. It's you beautiful. Can't cook pasta. They, they it's, had a pizza warmer. Again, they had a pizza citrus, warmer and a microwave. Sunday fashion. You go to the right, you got the engineer's room. You go to the left, you've got like this like nice, like cozy living area. It had a couch and a TV. That's where Adato slept. And then there's a door kind of at the back and you go out and it's this awesome balcony because there's nothing for miles around anywhere. I mean, the stars it's a, it's and the like a 12-acre property. Wow. It's, it's beautiful, amazing. And then the best part or the worst part is there's this 16-foot, I don't even want to call it a staircase because it, it, a, a it was a ladder loft. You got a ceiling that's about five feet off the ground. So you're literally like crawling up. You got your, your head's really low. You're crawling up. And then the ceiling somehow got even lower and angled. And then like, <gasps> like you come out and like you're in like, like being buried. You're in the attic of the barn. And that's where the, the beds are. And that's where yeah. three beds were. We had, there was uh, one queen and that's what Mitch and Cameron slept on. It was a twin on the other side. That's where I slept. And then, and then another ladder going up to like a little crow's nest like with another, a single where I slept. Another 10 feet of ladder with <laughs> only a bed that Mr. Ben Yusen could have fit on. I mean, you could yeah. not have made it more perfect. And every, I mean, Mitch and I, we had real back problems going up and down that thing every morning. I thought I was going to fall. Too. <laughs> we all did. We all did. We all did. I don't, know, I don't know what it's like to suffer as a tall person. <laughs> well we don't know what it's like to suffer as a short person not being able to don't, don't yeah. know what it's like to be that's true but yeah i mean so that was friday uh what we did the base track i know circling back i wanted to paint the pictures i like the picture it was a good picture yeah. i'll take over i feel like yeah. i was there yeah i'll take yeah, over from the uh yeah so Mitch, after the you, yeah. after the picture painting i can take over but i so I feel like you just tried being born, getting into that law. Yeah. I, well, I felt like... <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, so right, go on. <laughs> so um, Yusin described Friday, which is almost entirely just getting the drum tracks down, and then the next few days were she did um, an awesome job with. Yeah, and I yeah, mean, Yusin got it done very efficiently. It was gorgeous. Yeah. So then. Really, every night we would meet up and decide, like, okay, what's our course of action the next day in terms of now we have essentially the drums for an album, but we need to go back through and put everything else over it. And a lot of that was just kind of bouncing between, like, myself, Cameron, Adato, and Travis with, I believe, the second and third day being a lot of Travis since you were able to, you can still hear that while our instruments like weren't it wasn't the final take of what would be on it only the drums were then uh Travis could still go through and do the vocals and then 
with the vocals, like I could go back in and, and put bass in and then um, kind of, it would bounce between Ethan and I in recording our parts, but then the big boss battle was Cameron setting up his absolutely amazing giant stack yeah, of amps. I, I can, I can. Yeah, yeah. The yeah wet, so dry, wet setup. I, I, I never knew that until the video that you took, Cam. And I literally, everyone I tell, my like, Cameron had a wet, dry, wet setup. Like I tell <laughs> everyone that it was the most exciting thing to me. But yes, one okay, take, Cam so, will take it away. Yeah. So, like my, my big thing, obviously, like as a guitar player, is how I sound. Like everyone in a, everyone in, in music is is very vain. But you're the lead guitar themselves. player. Yes, but as a lead guitar player, it's even more. Um, I've definitely spent like the longest time, like, even before we were in a band, um, before I met these guys, I spent so long like chasing tone and like chasing like a good guitar sound, and so like a big part of how we sound is is me. And then everyone else kind of like falls out. So like I build the world and then <laughs> everyone else adds the characters, essentially. He's not wrong. He's wow. Not. Yeah. That is very accurate. Yeah. And 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 he he did it in a fashion that was Im impressive, Kara. I mean, for me, you know, I could go on and drone about like okay, I got to do this line again. I got to do this verse again. Let me do this course again. It was again and again and again and a lot of repetition and a lot of patience and a lot of like communicating with you guys. Did you guys like the way that sound? No, do it this way. How does this sound? Okay, that's better. You need to go up there, not down there. Like a lot of like back and forth communication. Same thing with Mitch. Same thing with Adato. Using the drums is a little different. But Cam, Cam would go and he would play over and it was... It he knew was, exactly was, what he wanted. He knew exactly what he wanted to do, and it was, it was impressive, Kara. I mean, from a, a, a not even just a musical standpoint, but just like watching somebody who is as um, talented at anything do anything Thank that they are that right. they are so in love with. And I gotta say, it's been like a true honor of my life that I that I got to witness that and be a part of that. Hell, be You're the lead make vocalist on top of being the lead vocalist on top of that. I said to Cam, I said, Cameron, make me famous, baby. Make me famous. <laughs> he says it to me a lot. He says it to me a lot. I said he it does. to him. I said, make me famous. Like I want to be phrase. famous. I want to be famous. Make me famous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cam, yeah. why don't so, you so going off of that? Um Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to like interrupt. the whole like world building thing, like with oh. my guitar. That's so cool. the first thing that I wanted to do when we got into the studio before we started recording the bass tracks for Usain's drums was I went through almost every amplifier um, with like my own guitar, my favorite guitar, like the one guitar that is like everywhere on the album. Um, and just like plugged in, messed around with the knobs. If I didn't like, for me, I know with a piece of gear, if there's a sound in there, that I can use or that I like. And so like within seconds, I can plug into something and know if it's for me or not. Hmm. So that was most of like the morning that we got in there. And when we recorded the bass tracks, I used one amp. And then when it was time for uh, the, the overdubs, like my actual work, um, I did what's called a wet dry wet rig. 
which is three amplifiers uh, running at the same time. And so what that means is that the two wet amps of the wet, dry, wet are only receiving certain effects like from the guitar and certain sounds. And then the dry amp doesn't receive those effects. So there's like a separation going on and each gives them amp, a lot of depth and a lot of yeah each amp is is coloring my sound in its own way and then when combined together it just produces this like massive wall of sound that you can like lean back on yeah it's awesome i mean we you would go to the live room and he was doing his overdubs and you'd stand probably 15 20 feet away from these amps At the and end you of would the room. feel and you would feel a gust a literal gust of wind coming I, you could feel like you could feel like the, the pressure the, of it the definition of yeah. feel the music was like as present as it has ever been in my life or career as a performer and it was amazing i it was amazing <laughs> i was so blo- literally blown away by it in the most sense of the phrase which is something that i don't think many people get to say they've experienced in their life which is amazing yeah amazing and so as a guitar player like being able to experience that and like feel because that's a big thing with with guitar and like instruments in general and amplifiers is that there is a certain point at which every piece of gear is running at its optimum potential and that is where things sound the best and so I was at that point on every piece of gear that I was using in the studio. And at that point, when you're letting, like the sound is like, you don't have to worry about it. At that point, all you do is just play and the sound takes you where the sound takes you. So all of my solos are from like, for the most part, based like loosely on sketches that I had going into the studio but the like what's actually on the songs on the album is for the most part improvised in the studio and is just what fell out. I think that's actually true for everyone. I mean, Yusin, your drum solo for God, I want to say it's so, for pilgrimage. You know what I wanted to say, but I, <laughs> yeah. pilgrimage was for the most part organic to the studio. Mitch, a lot of your bass parts I had never heard in the fashion that you played it. Adato, the same for you. And then of course, for me, it was a lot of liver, uh, a lot of not leverage, a lot of opportunity to like really like, oh my God, I have this great mic now. I'm actually going to play around with the way that I sound and make sure that these lyrics are are are, are unique, uniquely spoken and sung in a a fashion that swims really well with the music that was provided. And it, I think, that leads us to an even more general statement of. Each one of us affected each one of us in each different ways in the studio to kind of create this collective energy that we were able to produce. And we had this guy, Dana, upstairs who would come in the morning with a gallon of coffee and would just sit at the studio. His leg would always shake. And he was, I mean, he was a wizard up there listening to this. He was. It was amazing. He like Dana is so good at what he does that and like he's worked with so many musicians before us that like as the five least capable people 
with the lowest vernacular of vocabulary. Not to mention probably the youngest group of guys he's working working with. Like there yeah. are just not many guys that are yeah. that are our age. Like we yeah. had like a lot of like we've mentioned before, like most of our arguments come from the lack of ability to express ideas. And Dana yeah. was able to take like our individual language of how we were trying to speak musically and was able to just translate it. So perfectly said, Cameron. Oh my yeah. God. So true. I mean, he is just about as big as a part of creating the stuff that we're about to release as we are. Because yeah. if it was one of us sitting up there, I, well, no be- idea. No idea oh, what God. I was doing. We would be well, yelling at each other before we got any recording done. He was I so can't. patient with us. And so not just not just patient, but like he joked around with us. He pulled pranks on us. Like he pushed us as well. He definitely he pushed did us. push us. I like it, it's as much a, a a piece of art from him as it is from us. I think absolutely, no doubt there. And then yeah, no, absolutely. Wow. And then at five p.m., Dana would leave. He'd lock the engineering room, and then. We had free we, reign of the studio. We had free wow. reign of the studio. I mean, and we were degenerates. I, yeah, I so at, at night, at night we would jam with and like all of this amazing gear that we had at our disposal. It was incredible. We watched, yeah, we watched, we watched a couple movies too that were uh, musically. We, we watched uh, this is Spinal Tap. If it's a uh, an '80s mockumentary of like the corporate rock. Scene. And like hair metal scene. Yeah. And then right after that, we watched The Dirt, which is a biopic about Motley Crue, like one of the biggest hair metal Those legendary rock fans. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, we basically spent our entire waking and sleeping hours there immersed in music. <laughs> Travis is Where does Travis go? He messaged the uh, our chat. He said his computer freaked out, so I think he's going oh. to rejoin. <laughs> All right, that's hilarious. But, um, we lost our soccer mom. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, no. But, so, yeah. Or you said I don't know if you had any. I mean, it was just it was like a, a again a very spiritual, physical experience for all of us. I think. Yeah, and like, I guess to kind of. I don't know if come full circle or I don't know, just in the bigger picture, it was just kind of an experience that we've all been looking forward to for so long. And we talk about it a lot as a band, how to get to that point where we're all just kind of bouncing off of each other. And it's just like this really, really like cool process of getting awesome songs. Like for many, many, many months, we were really bad. And it just took like, kind of seeing the vision of what we could do later and just those like brief moments of where we felt like what we were capable of and I felt like the studio was like like the weeks before were just a lot of hard work but then like the studio was like five days straight of just getting like all of those moments like we had been waiting for the entire time so that's kind of why like 
like if you just let us go, I think we could all just continue talking about the studio for yeah. for many, many more hours. So. Yeah, <laughs> it was like it, it was the climactic moment for us. So maybe we hey, shouldn't. There's I'm, I'm sure we could say enough to write a novel about it. Yeah. Maybe maybe we should move on. <laughs> well, I wanted, we're running a little bit short on time, but I wanted to go through with every one of you. Can you just say your highs and lows of the album experience of the process, whether it was when you were writing or when you were in the barn or even now, like what are your highs and lows? That's a great um, question. Yeah. Mitch, you can um, go if you want. Yeah, I want to. I was gonna say, does anybody want to go first? I need to think for a second. <laughs> oh, no. yeah. Okay, got it. yeah, go um, for it, Ethan. I mean, my high is the entire time in the studio. I don't think we had like we've had we, we had like moments where we were bickering, but no like arguments, and that was just really big symbolically for me that like we knew how important it was that we just had to communicate and be on the same page and be pushing each other and not taking things personally. And that was just a whole uh, other level of professionalism and, and just working together for us that I don't think we've ever really had to um, bind ourselves to before. So that was a big high for me. Like the entire time was enjoyable and difficult, but difficult together. And honestly, my low is, I don't know when the next time we'll be able to be in the studio is, but I hope not too far away. Well, I can go next. I, I thought of some stuff. Absolutely so, not. <laughs> so uh, I would definitely say the low by far the low like not even a question asked is the first two days we drank coffee out of cereal bowls or like plastic or like literal like paper bowls yeah Yeah, like styrofoam bowls because we i don't know it was kind of an oversight in packing so like (laughs) it's not the most relaxing start to a day in like a cold barn drinking coffee out of a cereal <laughs> we have but, we have some pictures of it, I think. Somewhere. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, there there are some. Pass them yeah. along. Yeah. So yeah. so then Maybe. we found mugs. It got much better. But then I would say the definite high of of the experience. I think like listening to all of the the mixed songs at the end of like the very end of the studio session on the last day. And just hearing everything we had gotten done in those past five days, it was kind of like the most relieving like time that we could have just spent just listening to everything and like all of the arguments and just logistics and planning and all of that was just kind of like it led into listening to all the songs. So it was just really, really nice getting to do that before we left. Yeah. That's awesome. Um. My low is probably how fucking cold it was in the barn. <laughs> yeah, it was really cold. Like, it was so cold that there were heaters in, like, every room running, like, full blast at all times. Wow. Yeah. 
And so like when we went to go sleep in in the loft, the the four of us uh like we brought the heater up and we would have the heater going, but then because it's such a small space, it would get super hot. And then we'd have to turn the heater off and then we would fall asleep and then we would wake up and it would be freezing cold. So we'd have to turn the heater back on then over and over and over again. And like going off of that, like with the cold water and not being much of a hot water system. (gasps) Like I, we were, we were so gross. That was the low part. We were so gross the entire time. Like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna out myself. I think I took one shower while we were there. Oh <laughs> my god! Uh, I didn't even know that. Kid. I did not know that. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> you you you, you might have gotten done in the shower if you said that earlier. You guys saw me every morning. I would wake up like they all had to wake me up. I'm a I'm a heavy sleeper. Okay. They would wake me up and it would be like. 15 minutes before I came downstairs because I would be shivering so hard I'd have to sit in front of the heater. Oh. That's sad. Yeah, well, if so it makes you feel any better, I my freshman year of college, I went on a camping trip and I didn't shower for 23 days. That definitely does make me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. That is Oh my lord. Can't where did you go? High. Real quick, where did you go? I went to the Boundary Waters in Minnesota. Nice, nice yeah it was a weird college group i did but yeah no showers no yeah. phone either so and no music honestly that's what you need sometimes no phone anyway yeah my high was it's like a combination of the collaboration and feedback that we were giving each other in the studio and just the quality time that we spent with each other while we were there like we were constantly inspiring each other and pushing each other to to be better in the studio and like the guys kept pushing me like as a guitarist because they've heard every like lick that I've got in my back pocket over the last three years and so when it came time for me to record my solos they kept pushing me like you can be better I've heard you do things like that before wow and yeah just the quality time that we spent like i before i considered these guys like my brothers but like now they are a hundred percent really like my family a little heart i'll drop it to you i think travis is last oh donna did you want to go no i haven't Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I thought it was easy to forget about. It's okay. No, no way. Oh. Don't say that. Um, my uh, my low. You know, you guys just have had a lot to say. I've kind of just been sitting here listening. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like I'm listening to podcasts uh, rather than being in it, which is fine. Um, this is your. That's chance. okay. I was enjoying Talk it. it um, Speak now but, for hold your peace. Yeah. yeah, well, well, my low point is, uh, as has hopefully been made clear, is this album's been a long time coming for all of us. And my low point is, I, I tend to be very, you know, self-critical, uh, like uh, hypercritical to myself. And um, even now, even, even with the finished products, there are things that I hear that I'm like, I could do that better. Like I could do that again or like 10 more times and probably get a better take. And 
the low point for me is honestly like I, I like I, I always will feel that I could do better but the high point for me is actually just the flip side of the coin is that like this was by far the best the best I've ever played and the, the most huge improvement from not just me but from the rest of these guys um so I guess to sum that up I this album's a huge step up from the EP which we released and from definitely from three years ago when this whole thing started um and honestly to turn the low into a high I think I hope that this has a, a long long pair of legs because we got a lot of places to go I like that. Yeah. Adato being, sorry, Adato being like the creator of this band, what does it feel like to kind of start just as a gig and seeing you guys grow and become brothers? What does that, what does that feel like to you? Even though you're not the most talkative one, but you, you're the backbone of it all. I, true. Um, <laughs> I, uh, it, it is, it is true though. Yeah, it is. Like, I if, just, if it weren't for Adato, we wouldn't have. We the sticky, icky glue that keeps us together. I agree. <laughs> I started playing guitar and I, as I said, never had any formal training or lessons and I just wanted to have some fun and I just wanted to I just wanted to relax. I wanted to learn and I remember a lot of people making fun of me and a lot of people making fun of us for a long time because you know, these days, especially, you say you're in a band and everyone's like, oh, you're in a band. That's very cool. Like, no one cares. Um, <laughs> got that a lot. Like, he's, he's, like, he's not wrong. Uh, you get that a lot. People like, it's like, oh, every other person's in a band, apparently. But um, to then, and it's part of the reason why I look at me now is one of our favorite songs is to then to go and be on a podcast about to put out an album, like, then put out a live stream show. It's then be at this March point. March uh, Blows my mind, be there. to be honest with you. Blows That's my mind. amazing. <laughs> You're a man uh, of few words, but you've got good words to say. He does. Listen, he he does. does. He's very listen, well spoken. This is, a, this is a singular experience of less Adato talk. Let me just put that out there. Let me just put that out there. But no, he is... He is, and if I'll just make the quick transition into the low and high, but um, my low was that there was not a lot of personal space. And for me, you know, I'm, I never went to summer and I never went to overweight camp. I didn't ever share a room with. You went to overweight camight camp? Overnight camp. I said <laughs> overweight. I don't know why I said I also never went to overweight camp. Um, <laughs> Thankfully, but <laughs> um, yeah, the no personal space, that was a big one for me. And it was hard for me. And a lot of the times I was getting like really like fed up with like some of our living conditions. And like, I, I, you know, I take a shower right after Mitch did and there'd be no running hot water. And I would, I'd, I'd come out frustrated, but like, you gotta, you gotta keep high spirits no matter what. And it's really like, you got to be patient, but being so close together was tough. And I've got two highs and you're all going to sit through it and it's fine. But my first high was we had, <laughs> there, we had uh, an argument 
I don't know what Houston's talking about, that we only bickered. We would go to war with one another. No, I, in, I, the that's studio, all... in the studio, we you know, did. Yeah, before is oh a different story. Oh, my God. Are you, are you kidding me? Do you, uh, here's, so I'm going to remind them. We had an argument about the order of the songs on the album. Wasn't that much of an argument? Oh Oh, no, it was. It was. Adato and I were like we're screaming at each other. But I'll tell you this: Adato brought up a point. I, Cameron, and I wanted to end on a specific song, and Adato and really Adato, but also Adato and Mitch really felt that this was, you know, even though it was going to be released as a single, that it should come a little earlier in the album. And I was really set in my way on trying to end it. And, you know, we kind of went at each other like two, like lions, like yelling at one another. And I'll tell you this, he convinced me. He absolutely, totally, 100% convinced me. Hard to do. And uh, it is. It not, is. Wrong, yeah. not wrong. <laughs> and it's 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 that argument that we had. Uh, it was all encompassing for the 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 name of the album as well as the set list. And we came to terms on both of them really really well. And um, I I I'll always remember that as like something that means a lot to me. That like no matter how bad things might seem between us that if we stick it out and actually listen to one another we're not just yelling at each other and you know you're not you know it's not just the sound being heard but you're actually listening to what one other person is saying and you can actually come to an awesome conclusion and i'll I'll admit any day of the week i absolutely 100% adore the set list of the album and the way that we do it. And I think it tells the best story in the way that we want it to. That's my yeah. first high. My second high is that the studio does not lie. You went in there with everything that you practiced and everything we've done, and you got to prove yourself, not only to yourself, but to the, to the other guys around you that, hey, I belong here. Look what I can do. Look, look at this little thing. And I loved just having that opportunity because when I was locked away in a tiny little vocal booth and it's just me and my headphones and the music that I'm hearing that I know these guys just made, it's what am I going to choose to do? that is going to make the awesome music speak. Because that's what it is, the vocals, it's the words that the music is saying. And I am the melody to it. And I got to prove myself, really prove, because it's not a live show and sometimes sound, if it's not well mixed in a lot of these college bars, they don't mix sound well. This was my opportunity and all of our opportunities to be heard, to really be heard. Yeah. And the studio doesn't lie. You got out of it what you put into it. Wow. And it was amazing. And we all came out, I think, on top. Yeah, all, all encompassing. That is definitely the, the high for all of us. Is I, the, I would say so, yeah. The watch and see and hear the music finally come together as a product Hell yeah. is by far the most rewarding thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay, well, we're about 30 minutes over time. 
I'm sure you're gonna cut a lot of this. Sorry. No, we'll... I'm not cutting any of this. I'm, I told you I'm organic. Like this was beautiful. This was one of my. We favorites love organic. Ever. No, we oh, yeah. I mean, keep it raw. Yeah, of course, keep it raw. Hell I yeah. mean, if you want to keep the whole thing, I mean, I know I'll listen to it, and my grandparents will listen to it. So that's three people right there. Awesome. <laughs> Put that on before. Yeah, I'll definitely wait, listen wait, to it. Before... I love hearing the sound of my voice. Yeah. I'm not done yet. This is not over. Oh, 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 trying to end us. I was no, to I'm not trying to end you. I have to <laughs> everything. Yes. So can you please quickly tell us where we can find you when the album comes out, when the live stream is March, I will. March 4th, I, uh, March 4th. So here, here's what's coming out. Our in chronological order on February 14th, this Valentine's day, the song Fade will be released on every oh. streaming platform that you can possibly imagine. We got Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Music. You want to use Tidal. Use, uh, we're using, a, we're yeah, using something. Not, not SoundCloud. We're using something. Pandora, YouTube. Yeah, we're using DistroKid. We're using DistroKid. There are, there are services. Right, yo, fuck SoundCloud. <laughs> yes, fuck SoundCloud. No, 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 SoundCloud no, no, no. SoundCloud is fine. Keep going. Keep okay. going. Okay, so that's February 14th. On February 21st, Run Little Boy, comma, Run Exclamation Point will release. On February 28th, Doctor's Note will release. On March 2nd, Kara Orbell is going to drop this bomb-ass podcast interview. People are going to listen to this, and they're going to think yeah. we're fucking crazy, but that's amazing. Sorry we are swearing. crazy. We are crazy. On March 4th, we're gonna. There's gonna be a album release show where we are going to play the album live. It is going to be in the ballroom of the Iowa Memorial Union on campus with the craziest, greatest setup you've ever seen, with costumes and lights and cameras and everything that you could possibly imagine. And then midnight that night, so uh, March fourth into March fifth, the entire album will drop. It is called First Light. Citrus Sunday presents First Light. It is a cat not miss experience. it's a banger it's a banger and, yeah and i turned 21 on march 6th oh, yeah. oh wow birthday present. pregame music right there Heck Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> i cannot now, wait to see um, what you guys come up with as for where you can find us we're on facebook we're on instagram um at citrus sunday one word no spaces no caps uh we also have a web page uh citrussundayband.wixsite.com you can get to it through our facebook page and also our instagram um our emails listed there if you have um opportunities you want to discuss or do you just want to say hello i mean don't abuse it but yeah if you just say, want to hello. say hello comment below <laughs> yeah yeah cool. i want you to take Take the shirt and put it up so I can see the logo. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll take your picture. Boom. Yeah, of Why course. Why haven't asked my last Beautiful. question yet? Oh. <laughs> and you can ask me last I just While he was on the Instagram, I didn't want to forget. We'll yes. Yeah, that's so true. We do really quick, this is my last this. question. So Going Places was a travel show to start, and I always stump all of my guests with this question, and it kicks everyone's ass. So it is, if you could go anywhere in the world, where would you not go? Oh, 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 I, I, I really thought you were going to be generic there for a second, but I'm glad you, I'm glad you surprised us. She hit us with it. That, I was I ever generic. That. Was this interview? No. Generic? no, 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 not at all. 
Yeah, I mean, you only got to ask like five questions. So where where, <laughs> where would talk. I go? Um, I feel like most of my answers would be like Toledo, Ohio. No offense <laughs> to the people that live there, but I have absolutely no interest in going. Toledo, Ohio. Never been. Don't know anything about it. Just can't stand the name. Or the state. Watch, we're going to get big and we're going to have to play. I know, we're going to have to go play in Toledo, Ohio, and people are going to be like, yeah. Travis, you will go to Toledo, Ohio. <laughs> make a presence. I'm going to apologize. I'm going to go ahead and eliminate another state. Uh, you were not going to catch me in West Virginia. <laughs> boys, boys, we have, whoa, we have the whoa. whole – okay, we have the whole that, world that here. I, I want to see the rest of that, the world. I don't want to see Toledo, Ohio. That, that leaves us 48 more states to tour through. We can knock well, a few off. No problem. Travis didn't say – uh, we can go to Cleveland. We can go to yeah, Cleveland. Yeah, he just said all. Okay, so we've lost West Virginia like Toledo and Toledo. That's not bad. Where else did we lose? What else have we got? Um, sea World. I'm gonna go ahead to Sea World. Yeah. Okay. Fuck Sea World. There's nothing Screw there. SeaWorld. I definitely do not want to go to any country where homosexuality is legal. <laughs> definitely don't want to go there. Illegal. Wait. Legal or illegal? Illegal. Illegal. I'm so sorry. Illegal. Cam, now. <laughs> yeah, so, so for, 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 for preface, I, I am a male homosexual. Oh my I am God. gay. <laughs> so I don't want to go to any countries where I could be like killed or sentenced. So I'll tell you this you won't catch Citrus Sunday in Iran anytime soon. <laughs> or West Virginia. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. my god. oh my god Cameron, for the love of god <laughs> love you west virginia okay we got west virginia iran and homosexuality is illegal homosexuality is illegal we got and toledo to- ohio what about toledo spain is toledo spain oh, okay? i go there oh, oh yeah, i go to spain sure. yeah, yeah. i, I go mean if spain. i'm going to spain i'm playing in madrid but oh madrid. And barcelona okay. and toledo or barcelona Barca. oh see my god don't forget sea world we're not going no sea world no sea world let them go let the animals go for you i really thought i would have thought of one by this point but it's okay wait just give me like Give me like fifteen seconds. We'll just, <laughs> four, uh, three, four, five, six. Don't seven, put more pressure on eight, the poor lad. Okay, I've got one. I've got. I've got. I've got one. I've got one. Ooh, so, over the summer, we watched many vis- many videos by uh, what's his name, Coyote Peterson. He's this guy. Oh. He he has like. I think I think you would. In- I think you would enjoy him, Kara. He is this yeah. very animated guy. He has bugs bite him and oh. such. Like it's it's like part of the Discovery Channel. He's or like something. a wilderness explorer kind of guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. But um, essentially, a lot of the videos he films in the Sonoran Desert in Arizona, yeah. and <laughs> we're a very big on we're very big on deserts as a band. We we like the idea of deserts. They they're pretty cool. Uh, we've Beautiful. discussed this before, but. But the Sonoran music. Desert, but specifically, not the Sonoran Desert, there's a lot of spiders yeah. there. It seems very stressful. Scorpions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not like just a lot to worry about. But Kara, yeah. Kara, I gotta, I just need to ask, where, where are you not going? I'm Kara, not, is where you're not going? Nebraska, because I'm not a 
huge fan of the Midwest. I'm, I live in Wisconsin. Wisconsin has a special place in my heart. Um, but I never have an answer to this question. It's always so, hard for me. So, Kara, there, there's know? like nothing in Nebraska. So, wait, Kara, do you wait, Omaha, Kara, do you, Lincoln? Yeah, wait, that's that's it. Kara, do you know what the N at the middle of the Nebraska college football team stands for? Nothing. Knowledge. Uh, <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> It's, I might edit it's... this part out. Oh, yeah, <laughs> please do. Yeah, this please. is Sunday. Nope. That's, That's the best thing I've said. The whole thing is going to have to It's the soccer yes. mom part. That's got to go. No. Oh, no, keep no, soccer mom, Travis. Okay. <laughs> well, I wanted to say thank you to you guys. Thanks for being on my show. I literally did not know what to expect. I've never had an interview with more than like three people and I've never had an interview where I was like wrangling around five guys and you guys were amazing <laughs> and had so many awesome stories. So thank you so much for being on my podcast. Thank you so thank much you for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into my interview with Citrus Sunday. I hope you learned a lot from these five guys and their very different perspectives on how they created their band. It's crazy to think that they started just practicing on Sundays, drinking Sprite, and now this is what they've become. But now you can check out their album drop on March 5th. I'm really excited to see where they go and just how their journey takes them after college. So maybe we'll do a part two. But if this is your first time checking out Going Places, I encourage you to listen to my other episodes. I've interviewed community leaders, authors, politicians, experts, doctors, and just amazing human beings on this earth. So check it out. Tell me what you think on social media. And I would love to hear how you're doing. Have a great day. I can't wait to see where you go. Thank you. Bye.